Let's drop the green flag on this episode of the Talent Tank Podcast with your host, Wyatt Pemberton, bringing you the best, fastest, most knowledgeable personalities in Ultra 4 and off-road racing. All right, King of the Hammers 2020, we're out here at Lasertown, another dive into the Talent Tank. Today we've got Austin Fish Farner. Austin, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me out here. I'm glad it's a pretty nice day. It's a little windy, but it's uh, it's nice out. Well, I'm glad you brought up the wind. Uh, if you guys hear a little bit of background noise and the wind blowing through, it is the W word is a little bit today, <laughs> but it's not as bad as it has been earlier in the week, and actually it's helping move out some of the dust. Yeah, it's not just sitting there. But it, it's a beautiful day, uh, beautiful beautiful time out here in Lasertown where we're shooting from live again, coming at you. Thank you, Cody Wagner, for having us here once again. Love that guy. This place is so something else. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You're just driving through the middle of nowhere, and then you go down the road and turn in here, and you got this whole big compound here, so it's pretty cool. And we're just rocking it. And there's some quite a few... Uh, desert guys that are racing at this compound i saw lofton's truck over there yep. cam Steele's truck over here there's a there's a bunch of us but so to intro austin here fish dude fish <laughs> yeah, how did you above. get that name actually the fish came from race desert when i when i signed up on race desert way back in like 2000 i signed up as fish dude d-o-o-d was my username and then everybody in the desert just saw me on race desert as fish dude so my nickname just started to be fish and then it just it stuck and it just moved on. Yep. But you do like to fish. That's why I signed up as Fish Dude because I was really into fishing, and that was just kind of my online username. So that's, yeah, it comes from fishing. So as I started following you on social media, you know, years and years and years ago, man, you catch some gnarly big fish. Like <laughs> we you try. go out for some monsters. <laughs> yeah, we have some really good trips, and we have some really bad trips. So, uh, But, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. Southern California is one of the best places you can fish in the whole world, honestly. And you can fish all year round depending on what you want to target. So, yeah, we get to do a lot of fishing. It's a lot of fun. Well, I've seen somewhere you've gone out, you've been fully bundled up like you're, you know, fishing in Alaska. Oh, yeah. And other times you're like, you know, in t-shirts and flip-flops. Sandals, yep, yep. It does, just depends on what time of year you go, but it's, it's mostly nice in, in up here. We don't have the weather quite like the Alaska guys do on those crab boats. That's, that's, that's a whole insane. other thing, yeah. <laughs> well, we have, we have fish on today because fish is, in my opinion, the subject matter expert on his brand of, of the desert. It, what, what the other side of desert racing is you know us on our side we know the ultra four world very well the four-wheel drive world very well you know we were campers recreator recreational wheelers rock crawlers that have evolved into desert racing and versus the other side of the house with you know class 11 bugs and beetles to all the way up through the, the class 10s the class ones the unlimited buggies and then of course the t1s the unlimited trucks and we've got trucks running out here at King of the Hammers now. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see see how the two worlds have kind of combined. You know, you have, like you said, you have the all-wheel drive trucks. Now we have, I think there's four four of them that I know for sure. And then I think a couple other ones that are all-wheel drive. And the four Masons, you have Andy McMillan, Bryce Menzies, Christian Serapis, Brett Serapis, and uh, and Luke or Dan McMillan. So you have a good, uh, you know, some of the top guys are now in all-wheel drive trucks. And then we've got a couple crossovers. We've got... Uh uh, well, a two-wheel drive out there that's a, a crossover driver is uh, is one of the Gomez's. We have Gomez Brothers, GBR Racing. Yep. They've got a, a geyser truck out there. And then Nick Nelson, he will actually be in a four-wheel drive uh, T1. Yep. So it's very cool to see him as a you – know, he was the pole sitter at last year's at KOH 19. He was the pole sitter in the 4400 race. He's not in the 4400 race this year because he sold his car, but he will be in the T1 race with an 
all-wheel drive trophy truck. Yeah, so that'll be cool to see how that thing stacks up against everybody. He will be out there racing in his all-wheel drive T1. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the T1. This is the T1 race. <laughs> well, I think I think we actually need to talk about that because so many people have heard <laughs> the the TT, 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 and the trophy name and the trick name. Yep. And now here at Johnson Valley at King of Hammers, it's the T1. And that really comes down to the the racing organizations themselves have trademarked the yep. names and, and the Score Racing Association, which we know to race south of, south of the border with Roger Norman's organization, they have a trademark on trophy trucks and that class within their halls and then in the best in the desert which would be racing north of the border we have uh the trick trucks and yep. they they kind of get to share the the acronym tt even though they mean different things yep. but here at the hammers they're t1s so uh, for whatever reason that equals no stepping on the toes of best in the desert or no stepping on the toes of score but we're glad to have them i can't imagine yeah. just a few years ago if being told that those style of vehicles would be running out here on Thursday. It's truly something else. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, like I'm going to call them trophy trucks and you know, whoever can get mad at me. I don't think anybody's going to get mad at me. I can't say T1 or trick truck. Like it's just too embedded. They're a trophy truck, you know, so that's they what I are. always call when I'm talking, but yeah, it's cool to see them coming out and get to do, you know, now that this race is, uh, you know, it has a desert loop and then they make the rock section. So it's not the same rock section, obviously that the 40, you know, the cars on Friday do, but it's still, it's still kind of rocky out here. For well, the, I want to get I want to get into that. Course. I want to get into that race, and I want to get into who, who you think is favored. But first, I want to talk about you. Yeah, uh, you are here. Like I said, subject matter expert. So you end up on race desert, known as fish dude. Your fish. You end up start racing. You're racing the MDR. You find yourself in a couple trucks like co driving. Yep. south of the border, and then that evolved into what you do with your business you started fishistics and it started as just a way to participate in races by keeping your friends updated on where they were at and in, in tracking and where they were south of the border and making sure people stayed informed about what race was going on and where they were at in the race yeah. is that fair yeah, no, totally. I mean, honestly, like it kind of started as a joke. Even the name was a joke. You know, I was, I told some of my friends like what, I, what, what I was wanting to do. And I was like, I don't know what to call it. And then they came up with some names and somebody was like, call it fish logistics. Cause it's like fish logistics, you know, combined. I was like, that is the dumbest name ever. I was like, but I like it because when people hear it, they're going to remember it. They do. And then it just kind of stuck in it. You know, I'm not going to change it now. So I like it. We're going with it. <laughs> no, I really do like it. And you've gotten to the point where any, any, score race that's going on you can log on to your computer and to fishistics and follow live your trackers plus the field trackers plus you give updates so for like the thousand like i mean what are you on are you on like red bull plus four hour energies plus meth i mean how do you stay up for all that we had monster we had everything yeah we had it all there (laughs) yeah it was the 1000 is a gnarly race and honestly after tracking the baja 1000 all the other races uh seem like nothing you know and this year is going to be even gnarlier because this year is a peninsula run and it's 1300 miles so we're going to be up the last peninsula run i think i was up for about 42 hours straight myself like no joke oh my computer for 42 hours so this year i'm not really looking forward to that that too much but it is 
what it is, you know. <laughs> it's a and lot then, of fun. And then you stay involved outside of even that business. You you work for Daily Engineering. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I work with some really cool people over at Daily Engineering. And honestly, if I didn't work there, I wouldn't be able to start Fishistics because they're really cool about me doing all this. So um, Daily Engineering, we build dry sump oil pump systems, and they're actually on. I think all the trophy trucks here have them, and a lot of the forty four hundred cars, I believe, now are running them also. So uh, yeah, it kind of it ties in. It ties just- in well. Yeah, that system is just getting oil from the oil pan up into the motor. And, and rock colors, we did it for something selfish reasons, right? Yep. We uh, The wet sump had the oil pan would hang down too low. And if we went to a dry sump, we could at least raise our belly pan another two inches. That's two more inches of clearance that we didn't have to drag the car over rocks. Yep. And the trophy truck guys are kind of the opposite from that. They wanted their motors to even sit lower to get the weight down. Center of gravity down. So, yeah. So with the oil pan that's only, you know, inches thick and, you know, an inch or two thick compared to six or seven inches, you can set the motor a lot lower and get the weight down. And then also just, just the sheer motion of the oil splash now it's so much easier to to pick up versus yeah. grabbing it out of a puddle yeah you have you know gallon containers multiple gallon containers in the car that at all times no matter which angle the car's at it has a cons- you know consistent flow so you're not worried about starving the motor of oil or anything like that and i love that you use the word angle because that's exactly one of the major things <laughs> that kills motors in rock sports is yeah. angle as you get the the nose of the vehicle going up a waterfall and you're at 45 to 90 degrees or coming down which actually tends to be it seems like guys kill motors going downhill more because they're idling down for much longer versus waterfalls are just short blips and they get to sit back and down their pickups are probably in the rear most of the time so when it's in the you know all the that's right the front it's not picking up anything so and so how long have you worked for daily uh, i think it's going on eight years eight years or so now you guys produce some really really cool stuff and you've really yeah. allowed technology and in engineering really to go forward really push the envelope in both the trophy truck world and in uh this 4400 world yeah that's definitely the other guys that work there i don't do any of the engineering there (laughs) that's definitely billy and bill that owns it but uh yeah no everybody does a really good job there and they're like i said they get along you know everybody gets along it's a lot of fun we're friends with all these racers out here you know so it, it works well together so how many years have you been coming to the hammers um to this area i've been coming here since i was 16 and I'm now 36, so uh, with 20, 20 years, years, so 20 years out here. And then King of the Hammers, I've been to a few years. I didn't come when it originally started because I wasn't. It wasn't really the desert race stuff then. But the MDR races out it wasn't here, your bag. And all that. It wasn't my bag then. Yeah, I was. You know, actually, when that started, I was still racing the MDR races out here and um, and doing those. And we on these very same tracks. You know, we'd go over the wall, we'd hit all these areas, soggy dry lake bed. You know, it's all the same stuff that we raced on with our pre runner trucks back in the day. And, and then that, you guys would be excited. You'd have 100 entries and maybe 500 people would be out here. And that was, that was killing it. That was big. That would be a big race. If we had 100 entries at MDR, that was, that was a big race. And we thought it was really cool. It was really cool, you know, but now it's just like this is in, insane. Yeah, you turn here. off of Boone Road, and you were telling me, you know, yeah. before we even got out here, we were talking in Hammertown, you were just looking around going, how insane is this place? Oh, yeah. There's people everywhere. There's vendors everywhere. There's food vendors everywhere. And every year it gets bigger. And bigger. Yeah. Like last year, you know, right where the track ends and they go out. Last year, that was pretty much the end of the motorhomes that I had seen. This year, I already see another quarter, half mile past there of motorhomes. And today's only Wednesday. Right. And that's all new just for this year, the people that came out here. So it's insane how many people are out here. So we talked about kind of the crossover. And this was like pre-interview. We were having a discussion. I told you about a story in 2009. I believe it was Vegas to Reno. I was riding with 
Wayne Israelson or some know him as Alltech Wayne or some of us know his as Zook Izzy. I was riding in Wayne's uh, motorhome and we were pulling into one of the station casinos there. It was the host casino for the Vegas Torino 2009 and I was riding in the passenger seat of Wayne's motorhome and we were passing head on a uh, one of the very uh, easy to recognize blue crew cab super duties of mcmillan racing yeah and in the cab of that truck in the passenger seat pointing and almost laugh and he was laughing it was andy (laughs) mcmillan and he was pointing at this rock crawler on this that we had on the trailer it was it was a rock donkey but we we thought we could go fast and actually we did go pretty fast but then he was laughing and then here we are a decade later and he's racing an all-wheel drive and he's racing at at this race that we believe is our race this is our baby (laughs) And, and so it's I think it's amazing and beautiful and so cool that these worlds have slowly grown together and they're merging and they're merging every day and they're sharing technology and there's you know for so many years the trophy truck technology was flowing or the T1 technology was flowing our direction yep. that now some of it is trickling back and going back upstream to those guys something else yeah it's crazy you know i think you know back in the day there was no no one had an all wheel drive trophy truck there was you know Nye frank initially was one of the first people that i can remember that ever had like an all wheel drive something and that was a, a class 1 car basically and then uh, Dale Dundell had a uh, had a all wheel drive for a little while that was racing as a, as a trophy truck it you know it either broke or something it didn't ever really held up very well same with the herps the herps had all-wheel drive and the herps probably had the biggest funding out of anybody prior to this to build an all-wheel drive and make it work and honestly they they couldn't really make it work you know it would it would be okay but it wasn't consistent and that was really the first real in my opinion the first real trophy truck that was all-wheel drive in the more modern era was the herps you know back when they did that and that's even a lot different than the stuff they're doing nowadays and then it took a bunch of rednecks drinking pbr out in the <laughs> mojave yeah. to somehow per- start perfecting and really pushing four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive to the limit and yeah. coming up with n- newer ways and better mousetraps to uh to go to eat whoops up yep yeah i mean honestly it really makes a lot of sense you know th- the the fuel savings that you get is a little bit but the tire savings is the most like the tires not spinning the rear tire with all the power it makes the tires go a lot longer like you can run i don't want to say double but you can go a considerably farther distance with an all-wheel drive truck just with the tires than before so just that savings alone in desert racing is huge because that might save you one or two pit stops during a race miles which that's the difference between winning or losing nowadays these cars are finishing within a minute of each other at the finish line sometimes they're within 10 seconds for the race win nowadays at a big Baja race. Well, we just yeah. saw we just saw Brad Level win the EMC race, twenty eight seconds. Brad won by twenty eight seconds. There you go over Perfect a court, a race that started this morning. Yep, and he, they raced all day to end up coming down to 28 seconds is it seems insane but it's happening time and time and time again almost every desert race is like that now they're getting closer and closer and there's more people finishing like that um you know they're literally seconds make a big difference now so anything you can do to make the car go a little farther like i said to save a pit or give you an advantage just out of a turn you know the four-wheel drive you come out of a corner and it just bites like i've ridden in andy's truck and the difference between his two-wheel drive and his four-wheel drive is just it's night and day different out of the corner you know, the top speed, they're all fast. Even the, the two-wheel drives, they're all fast. But out of the corner is where I think the biggest advantage is in the all-wheel drive truck. So the tighter the course, 
the more it shines. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because you're just coming out of the corner instead of, you know, before with the two-wheel drive trucks, you have to power through the corner and you're actually sliding through the corner. So you're just losing speed, you know, and your and tires are just tires. burning out. Just, you know, yeah, you're eating up the tire. Now you come in, you can come in a little slower and then get on the gas and wherever it's pointed, it just, it starts going. You don't have to get the rear end to really come around as much because the front pulls you that way now. It's more controlled. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's why you see on, on the road how many, you know, the fast cars are all all-wheel drive. That's the way it is, you know. Just technology was never there to be able to get it to live in an off-road car before. Do you think that there was some, I guess, resistance to go into all-wheel drive because of those early failures that led through the Herbst era that there was just resistance to go into all-wheel drive because of that? Yeah, I think 100% because the amount of money that it took to to even get to that point was honestly insane. Why would you spend that much money to go break all the time? You know, people didn't want to do it. So they study no one did it. They're like, "Well, two-wheel drive works. Why do I, you know, why change it? Why spend all that money?" But, you know, when the geysers came out and they built an all-wheel drive, um, and was, and then was the, that Matney's truck? Matney's truck is. Yeah, one of the first ones was actually for Clyde Stacy, I believe, uh, which is the same team as Matt, Justin yeah, RPM. Matney. Yeah, RPM team. So they had one, and then Jesse Jones um, had one. He still has it, actually. Uh, he's only raced it a couple times, but they built a couple. And then the uh, Mason, you know, Mason Motorsports, they came out with theirs, and it was quite a bit different. The, the geyser was kind of designed with their trophy truck, with four-wheel drive adapted to their trophy truck, in my opinion. And okay. then Mason's kind of started from scratch and designed an all-wheel drive truck the way that they wanted it. You know, they didn't just change their truck into an all-wheel drive type. So they started from scratch. And then... You know, they had to machine a lot of their own parts. They did their spindles differently, the portal hubs, which a lot of these guys, they got it from out here, you know, the rock crawler guys use it. So they did it different than anybody else had done it before. No one had changed that much stuff to do that before. And this stuff started surviving. And it's and it seems to be working. Yeah. I mean they've only been out for a couple years so far. And this is the most people that have ever had one, obviously right now. They just built number seven. That was for Bryce Menzies. So they have seven of them out there now. And they have a few more on order. And pretty much all the top guys are kind of getting into it if they can afford it, you know. So this seems like an, an off question that I should probably know the answer to, but has Desert Racing had an all-wheel drive truck on the podium yet? Uh, yeah, all-wheel drive. Actually, Matney won in his a few times. He won Parker. Okay. I, I think he was probably the first that I can recall recently to win. It was a few years ago, but he won in his geyser. He won Parker, Parker 425. He won that. I think that was the first all-wheel drive to win a desert race i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that was the first okay. one to win and then um there's been a few since then bryce menzies won vegas torino in his and the year before he almost won it when he had a flat tire failure thing right before the finish <laughs> he had a jack failure so he should have won both but you know like they say you're not across the finish line until you get there so and then so all the all the big names in racing have slowly started to move over to that but we saw robbie yeah. gordon recently released his yep and his is totally different from everybody else and, and why, why do you say that? Uh, the way his front suspension is designed, the whole front end is totally different. His, uh, he has inboard brakes on it. There's no rotors, no calipers out at the wheel. So it's all in the center by where the front diff is. It actually does the braking there. So that's okay. quite a bit different. Do, does that turn the, the, the axle shaft into, the drive shaft into something of a torsion bar? The axle, kind of? it has to be, right? Because right. there's nothing else connecting that. The only problem, I see a few problems with it personally. If you break an axle, you don't have any brakes on that tire anymore. Oh, right? fair. There's nothing to yeah. stop the tire anymore. So that's kind of weird. And, you know, that's a lot of load going on there. He does have portal hubs on his also. So they take a lot of the load in the hub. But still, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if it works. He... 
He brought it out for this one race. Parker. No, he no. He just went qualifying. Oh, okay. So he went qualifying. He qualified fourth and decided he wasn't going to race. Uh, I don't think he was planning on it. He was supposed to race out here, but I heard that he wanted to take it back to North Carolina and do a little bit more development on it before he brought it out. Okay. So I I get a kick out of it because he, he it's named the unicorn. Yeah. And and, and <laughs> Dave Cole had uh, you know the, the the owner of this race, the head of Ultra Four King of the Hammers Racing, had named my car. The unicorn back in the day. So oh, he saw within, your name. <laughs> with inside the Ultra Four world, my car was the first unicorn. Okay. Now today, I've gladly handed that 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 <laughs> like the the baton off to uh, Jordan Pellegrino with his IFS IRS car. He is the current modern day unicorn. Unicorn, <laughs> and I've gladly hand that off to him because I do I do believe his car next to Cody Wagner's car that Cam Steele will be in on on Friday. Yep. would be the next car that I would call a unicorn. So. Yeah, so far, Robbie's truck has kind of lived up to what a unicorn is, a mythical creature, actually, because we haven't really seen it at a race yet. So we'll see when it, uh, <laughs> we'll see when it shows up one day. I love that you see that. Well, here's the next thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about, let's talk about the field, and let's talk about what this race means to the uh, the TT world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this honestly, this is a stacked field. There's, there's literally, I was, I was going through the math the other day, uh, a couple days ago, and I looked, and out of guys that currently have a trophy truck or are currently racing trophy trucks still, there's only, I think, four guys that have won a race in the past three years in any off-road race that aren't here racing. Okay, so that just tells you that, that the guys here are the guys that win the races, minus like four people that still are racing that aren't here. So that's almost everybody up top that's here. In the the purse is a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, but that doesn't to these guys. It doesn't necessarily mean a lot. No, to but, you and I, a hundred thousand dollars seems like really a big deal. But yeah, for sure, these guys, you know, that's going to pay for the team party after the race. You know, that's well. <laughs> and then the number I heard from uh, several people is to take the truck off the trailer for this event. It's sixty thousand dollars easily. And that's what it is. So the chance in this, you know, the chance to win a hundred thousand when. It's yeah. 60, so these guys race for the glory anyway and race for the bragging rights. A lot of it is bragging rights, really. I mean, this is like I said, this is the, the top guys here. So if you come out here and you think you're a top guy, let's see how you stack up, you know. And if you beat these guys, you can really say that you beat the best of the best, you know, at a at the same race. So I think that's why a lot of guys do it for the competition. It would be cool to see to see more. I think that honestly, my opinion is that a lot of the other people, I don't want to like insult anybody, but they're almost kind of scared to come out and race against the top guys if you're not a top guy. Right. You know what I mean? And and just the budget has a lot to do with it a lot too. A lot of these guys here are the high budget teams. You know, you see the high, highest budgets out here. Um, but, you know, if, you, if you're not at the top and you come out here and you race against the guys who are at the top, people are going to see that a little bit more than at a normal desert race where there's 200 cars at it, you know? So I, I think some people aren't coming because they're kind of, you know, worried about the competition. And just the hole in the middle of the desert is a little different for trophy truck guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. So handicap for us. The guys that are here, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I believe tough. you said Andy McMillan probably is the the the, the he's got to be the right favorite, now. really. I mean, he's won the most races out of everyone here in the past few years. His truck is the newest truck out there, you know, the newest build. It's prepped immaculately, and he's in Red Bull livery. Red Bull, yep, Red Bull white truck. wheels, white wheels, yeah. So Bryce Menzies is the other one who would be towards the top. This will be his first race on the truck. Okay, so you never know; it's a brand new truck. 
you know, you might have a problem. You might come out and it does perfect. You just, you never know. But yeah, he's the other Red Bull. Easiest way to tell the difference between the two of them is Andy has white wheels and Bryce has red wheels because otherwise they kind of look the same. They have the same type paint job. And then we've got the other McMillans. We've got Dan and Luke. Yep, that's and, Andy's cousins. And they're both in four-wheel parts uh, livery. Yep, the Ford WP and, on the door. And one of them is a four-wheel drive. One of them is a two-wheel drive still, though yes. Luke has a four-wheel drive ordered. Dan Dan McMillan is actually in Jesse Jones' truck. He bought it from Jesse Jones, the one that Nasser Alatia and Toby Price raced at the Baja 1000 okay. a couple months ago. And that was did Jesse roll Jones' it? truck. They or did. They yeah, did. Okay. Nasser rolled it the day before the race. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wanted to scratch the paint job because it's bad luck. Like throw your helmet down. Yeah, same thing. He threw my helmet down, actually, yeah, and scratched it, but whatever. That's right. I <laughs> yeah. did see that. You got you had a new helmet for that race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't have his helmet, and I told him he could borrow mine, but it was new, so he dropped it on the ground to scratch it. So uh, he did the same with the truck. We forgot to tell him you don't have to do that with the trucks. It's just your helmet. <laughs> so uh, that was funny. But, no, it was, you know, that's the same truck that Dan has. So that truck got second place at the Baja 1000. So, that you know, that was brand new before that race. So that truck's already pretty dialed in, I guess, if you get second at the Baja 1000. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. that's a, And then the Serapis truck, Christian's yep. truck, it, Brett and Christian, they're in Brett the same and Christian, truck. I think Brett is starting. And then it's uh, it's an all white truck, but it's white claw. It's a white claw, the best paint job ever. Yeah, uh, it's a little prismatic <laughs> on the bottom. I'm pulling for <laughs> yeah. them, you know. <laughs> yeah, at least it's got a baby Yoda on the front too, so they definitely have the mojo going on there. Just fear the claw. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, well, man, no, it'll be it'll be a good. It's going to be a good race, honestly. You know, and then there's there's a lot of other guys out here that anything can happen because honestly, those those top guys are going to be going so hard and so fast, they might all break. You know, well, this well, the, that was the next thing that I want to discuss about. You know, the the finish rate, the attrition rate. Yeah. Last year we saw, what was the total finishers last year? I, I think it was eight or something it like that. Out low. of twenty two or twenty three, yeah. I think. So way less than it was half. A hard. It's yeah. a hard race. Yeah, way way hard. This year, I think there's 14, 15 entries right now. I would be surprised if more than seven finished. Honestly, seven would be my number. Awesome. Or I less. Mean, I, I, I'd love to see seven. <laughs> yeah, I'd love I, to see. I wouldn't be surprised. See fifty percent finished. That'd I wouldn't be, be surprised if three finished. You know, I would really right. wouldn't. You know, it's everyone. It's a winner go home race, so you're going for it. You know. Did we cover everything you wanted to cover? Because I have so many questions, but I know you you, you can't talk about them all. No, I think this is uh, I think this is something else. I think the fact that we're getting the T ones out here on Thursday, the fact that we're blending and blurring the lines between that side of the house and this side of the house when it comes to desert racing is just quite possibly the coolest thing that we've seen in decades and decades of uh, getting in the dirt and getting dusty. Yeah, this is definitely a good race to come out and watch. You know, if anybody's watching and you haven't come out here it's really cool because the desert is an open desert still pretty much so you can go watch wherever you want to watch you know there's a lot of good a lot of good fast sections you can watch there's the technical sections you can watch in the middle of the lake bed if you want to watch you know you can go watch wherever you want and if you never in as the public if you've never seen this or as a fan of ultra four if you've never seen a t1 run they are magically violent yes yeah that's just i don't know better words to describe it but just they are violent. They make everything, the hair on the back of your neck stand up, your chest thump, and just you get giddy and happy when you see them uh, go by. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're definitely going going fast. And it's not, you know, everybody thinks by looking at them that it's super smooth inside. It's not actually that smooth. You're still getting beat up pretty good inside. Compared to other vehicles, it's pretty smooth. But, you know, the speeds that they're doing, they're doing over 140 in some of these sections. That's just, you well, know. And all these guys, they work out, you know, they're very physically fit, you know, unique specimens of the human body. Like, like Jason Duncan, I mean, that 
that guy. He is quite possibly the, like the fittest co-driver you could ever possibly have and put in a truck next to you. That guy, he's something else. He's going to put some people on the podium, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's got a lot of experience, so he's a good one to have in there with you. <laughs> Man, Austin. Fish, yeah. thank you for coming on. Thank Thanks you for, for trying to bridge the gap in knowledge and information between all of us in the 4400 Ultra 4 racing world, four-wheel drive racing world, and what you guys are bringing to the table with uh, with your side of the house and everything that goes on in the desert here and south of the border. It's really cool. I've been following you for many years. I've been following Fistgistics since you started doing that because you are like the premier place to come get information. <laughs> if you want information about a race that's going on and and they're hard to find information on you are the guy that seems to have it I've, that's the goal so man i appreciate you putting it on hey man thanks right for coming on, on. thanks for thanks appreciate for having it. me yep all right we're out thank you for listening and taking a dive into the talent tank please like and subscribe on instagram at the talent tank or our website the